What's going on, party people? It's MMA by Milk. I hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, staying positive out there. What's going on? Suspect picks are back. UFC London is upon us. That's UFC Vegas 51. UFC Fight Night 204. Well, I should say AKA 204. Yes, and we have London's own Tom Aspinall headlining, starring, and I believe that he's going to trash Drago. Makes a, you know, two ranked fighters, by the way, very important matchup going on there. Now, on, today on tap, I have, for episode nine of season three, I have the superstars of MMA Twitter joining me yet again. What we're going to do this time is, okay, I'm keeping the episode short. I'm going to Finish recaps because we had we had cyborg we had uh Nassau Cyborg aka Cyborg Nation. We had Icon Jorge Masvidal's Icon. We had Cage Fury 106. It was pretty short this time around. We had, but I am going to do a recap for UFC 50 because I have listener questions that will. I'm going to incorporate this. So, to, so I'm going to break it up. So we're going to have some listener questions. Audios, of course, we're going to start off the card. We're going to start off the uh, podcast. And then I'm going to have the remainder of listener questions incorporated into recaps. Okay. Let's get right into it. Hey, MMA by Milligan. It's the Catfish. Here to swim up in you. Hey, brother, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Scott Hall as a fellow wrestling fan. He's in my top four with Kevin Nash, the Ultimate Warrior, and Sting. I love Scott Hall to death. I've tweeted about him a million times. He was an inspiration with how he beat addiction and the way he literally played a huge hand in how wrestling changed. He changed the game forever, as people say. So, I'd love to hear you talk on that. Uh, not to mention the fact that besides all of his struggles with addiction, he was regarded as an incredibly good man, and he beat that addiction, and it really turned things around. So, R.I.P. Big guy, we love you and we miss you. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Scott Hall, Scott Oliver Hall. Of course, this is my man, MMA Catfish. Yeah, he, he made a huge uh, impact in pro wrestling. What fans need to do right now is be thankful. Don't, don't be sad. After the, the uh, you know, where he, Scott Hall shot someone, killed a man in self-defense in 1983, it haunted him. It continued to haunt him. So, and I hate for, I hate when someone, you know, everyone doesn't want to hear, well, in death there's peace or he's at peace now. Nobody wants to hear that because the person is gone and they should be able to have peace while they were alive. And I hope that he found peace. But you know what? The peace is him seeing his impact on young wrestlers. And him seeing him with, the thing that really brought me kind of solace is seeing him with the younger wrestlers, whether the wrestler was great or not, still just seeing him and the wrestlers uh, just embracing him, 
to me, that's like the biggest compliment that anyone can have in his position. His genius, and, and his genius is that Scott Hall is the example, a reason why I'm not big on MMA fighters trying to do the pro wrestling shtick. There's, as I said, it's a, there's, there's a talent involved with that. There's a thought process involved with that. There's a level of intelligence involved with that. It's not something you just do all of a sudden. All of a sudden, and copying someone is just that copying them, and you, they're copying them without understanding why, the reasons why. You know, with, with Scott Hall, every the reason was to make things. Every everything he did, it made whatever around him in terms of pro wrestling better. Always made something better. And the thing about it is he's one of those individuals where everyone wants to be the champion. Everybody wants to be the number one person. He made, especially uh, WWE, he carved out his own path, his own space. All he needed was individuals to participate in that space that he created. Once he got that, you know, it was off, it was, you know he was off and running. And I think that's more important. I think that's why the Diaz brothers are so impactful because they make their own space. It's not about that one world title. It's not about that. It's about them carving out their own space so that fans have a something to cling to outside of that one damn belt, that one damn award that hundreds are fighting over. You know, and it's re- and it's understandable why MMA is so entwined with pro wrestling because this, it functions in a similar fashion, except in that one area. And that's why so many MMA fighters and pro wrestling wrestlers are so important. Just as individuals, people say, look at it and go, well, it doesn't affect the world. You have to carve out, it's something, there's nothing better than someone carving out their own path. Everybody wants to be the richest person. Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants that one title instead of carving out your own little thing. And that's what, to me, Scott Hall was able to do. So, to me, what fans need to do is be happy. They were in. They know who he is. Be happy. He graced us with his presence. Be happy and think about all the good things, good times that he did. Not be sad. I was sad when Eddie Guerrero passed. It hit me hard. I hit the family hard. But at a certain point, it was like, man, look at all the good things that he did. Scott Hall, like the thing they always stand. Oh, a funny story about Scott Hall. I, I touched on this before, but I'm gonna touch on it again. So, <laughs> for the longest time, I'm like, yeah, Razor. I saw him when he first debuted. W. Well, I was watching him for years, right? But here's the funny thing, right? So I watched the debut, and automatically he established himself as a heel. I think he walked down, uh, walked down the aisle. He plucked his toothpaste, toothpick out. He would do little things, and that's, the, that's a quality hill. When you do little things to establish to the crowd, and he would never acknowledge the crowd, no matter whether they cheer for him or not, or boo him, he would never acknowledge the crowd. And see, that's the thing. The best way to get the pop is to acknowledge the crowd, whether you're heel or face. He never really did that. The mere fact that he would never acknowledge the crowd directly, like, hey, guys, and all this other kind of stuff. Now, it, it t- he always had his foot in the door of being a heel, even when he got, he got over with the crowd. At one point in time, he was really a, a baby face, but he never really came off like that. But he would acknowledge the crowd with that, you know, that kind of thing that he would do in the ring. Well, other than that, he really never went overboard the way like a Hulk Hogan would do or Dwayne Johnson, 
Johnson would do, or even a Steve Austin. But Steve Austin was what they call a tweener. Like, he was in between kind of hill and face, that gray area. And that's kind of how Scott Hall was. But to me, he always leaned toward being a hill. He would always do something small to be to establish that he was a hill. But it's the funny thing, right? So I watched, so, so saw his debut and everything, and I was like, oh, okay, this dude's straight up going to be a hill. Just saw his little 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 things that he would do. I'm like, okay, he's established himself as a hill. Okay, cool. So I was like, okay, I like this. This isn't bad. Seems a little uh, stereotypical, but I'm like, okay. It uh, seems like he's a kind of stereotyping an ethnicity, but I'm like, okay, whatever. The funny thing is, buddy, my buddy who I watched wrestling with for decades, one day he was like, you know that Scott Hall, right? I said, say what? No. He's like, yeah, you know that's your, your beloved Scott Hall, because I loved Scott Hall and Kurt Henning. I was a big fan of them as a tag team. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, huh? My AWA tag team chip? No. He's like, yeah, that's Scott Hall. Because I guess he realized one day that I didn't know, I didn't put the two together. <laughs> I looked at some pictures, because we had Google back there. So I'd look at magazines, things like that. I was like, no. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, all I remember was the mustache and the afro. I didn't see it. And I was like, oh my God, that is Scott Hall. How long has this dude been in business? How old is this dude? <laughs> so yeah, the talent. That's what the, that's what people don't understand. Like, it seemed like they were two separate people. And it was the same talented individual. So no, nah, I'm not going to be down. He is at rust. He is at peace. Uh the the murder charge, the taking someone's life hit him hard. It was self-defense. But it doesn't matter because it still affected him, and it's it's a shame. But at the same time, he it meant it meant that he was a good person deep down for it to affect him, and that's something I don't wish on anyone. But it, like you said, it does show that he was deep down. He had a moral compass, and the irony is that that kind of makes the best heel. Someone with a more compass. Why would you want someone who actually is evil to be evil inside of, you know, that doesn't make any sense. And that's the kind of catch 22, I guess, as you call, I don't know, uh, I guess the irony or whatever you call it of pro wrestling. And that's what MMA fighters just don't understand. Like, no, you, the person who's usually very good deep down is the one playing the hill and the one who's, you know, sadly a lot of assholes pretend to be baby faces. So that's the kind of problem that they have there. But yeah, Scott was talented. He will be missed. But yeah, fans need to, fans and friends, family, friends, and fans, smile. Because we were graced with the presence of a fantastic individual who is extremely talented, who is an example that yes, you need intelligence, you need talent and perseverance. And that's what he had. What's up, Milliken? It's Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. My girl Meatball Molly fights this weekend. Man, I fucking I fucking love her. And there is nothing anyone can tell me when it comes to her fights. I don't care who she's fighting. Meatball Molly all day. What do you think about this fight? And what are your thoughts on her chances of victory? Get at me. Juice. Juice. 
Uh, of course, we know Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast at Friendly Spar Pod. Don't forget, when you go to Twitter, okay, they're on Instagram and Twitter, team of Leo and Juice, you got to check out their uh, page. They have merch that they sell, so you need to click the link. Hit, I'm going to tag them. Hit that. Go to, go to their link and then check out their merchandise. And of course, you can check them out on Anchor, just like this. Just download the app so you can ask, so you can send us some voice questions, okay? Yeah, we can do the email and all that kind of jazz, but look, it's easy. Because you can just talk right into the app, talk right into your phone. You don't have to do anything else, okay? Anyhow, anyhow, Juice, I'm worried about your girl. I'm worried about Molly McCann for this matchup, to be honest with you. You know, it's tough. Like, the way Molly fights, I don't know if it... She got a, she got, she has to... She has a technique and everything, but the thing is, it's just the way she fights is so entertaining. It's so entertaining, and it's hard to tell a fighter not to, talk, not to fight like that because that's really the, whether they win or lose. It's entertaining. That's how they're making their money. That's how they end up on the main card of events like this. So first of all, congrats to the lady to the ladies for making it into the main card. Okay, Luana Carolina. She's been making some good strides. However, she does need to thank me, boy Molly, for getting the shine right here. And this is some solid shine going on right here. But yeah, I'm glad the ladies. And we got some ladies, and it's not a sausage fest. Uh, 69 inch reach for Luana Carolina, who pace wise has been pretty good. She's been maintaining pace. Now, you know, and the thing is, Lipsky, remember Lipsky, you know, remember the fight with Lipsky and Meatball Meatball Molly. Lipsky will stand and bang. That's her thing. She likes to stand and bang. Even in her previous fight, stood and bang. Now, I don't know about going to the ground with Monster. You know, I didn't think that was a good idea since her team, no doubt, thought the same thing. That's why he kept it standing. She figured she could get her straight together, which she should have, and out finesse Monster. Meatball Molly, on the other hand, she couldn't do that. But that's a testament to how good Meatball Molly is, just standing and banging. But Luana Carolina, my point to all that is that if the Queen of Violence said, you know what, not going to stand and bang this time, going to get this straight to the ground and get this submission going right quick. Not going to do all that standing and banging. That means something. I know, I know this is a kid. She's, she's, you know, it's not like she's some standard bearer of anything like that. But I think that that's very no- noticeable. Because remember who she fought, which was Meatball Molly. And she didn't want to stand with this woman, with Luana. It's for a reason. That reach, 69-inch reach, that is significant. So I think that that's something that's going to give Meatball Molly issues. And her pacing, you know, I think that Carolina is understanding her pacing at this point. But... I am going to go with the favorite and it's the seasoned vet in this matchup here. But again, you know, I, I, if you're betting out there, this is a better friendly podcast. Please seek help if you have a betting problem. 1-800-GAMBLER is a place to start. If you are betting, you might want to slide some change. I'm sorry, Juice, but, you know, folks might want to slide some change on underdog this matchup just in case. Just in case. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the vet. Going to stick with the minus 135 favorite in this matchup here. 11 and 4. Meatball meat ball, Molly. Over the plus 115. Luana Carolina. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Juice, for stopping fast. It is always a pleasure. Of course, Carolina 
eight and two. We got uh, making his first, well, I think second appearance. Now I think about it. Joey McKenna at Joey McKenna seven. Always putting positivity on the timeline. He's an excellent follower. You got to give him. Uh, you got to check out his account. His question is, who you like out of the shore versus Faliv fight? And Thid card sneak good. This card. I believe that's with this card. It's very sneak good. Yes, it is. It is. It is. We got a lot of... of superstars on this card man folks this is the folks this is the card y'all need to watch okay because even if you're casual you need to watch this you need to know who arnold allen is right now 17 to 1 you need to know who he is right now you already know who dan hooker is you need to know who arnold allen is if especially if dan pulls out the upset because that's a good it's actually a, a big time upset even though he's Back in the featherweight division, he's you know making the start in the feather not start. He's back in the featherweight division, but still this is big, right here. That fight right there is big. This one too, you definitely gotta check. You gotta know who Jack Shore is at this point. You can't not know him. And this is another one where it's a very it's actually an important fight. People think important fights just all oh, ranked fighters. Listen, we only got 15 ranked fighters. We have over 30 fighters per division, if not more. When it comes, we talk about the UFC. Okay, even one championship, because they only got five ranked fighters, and Bellator only has the 10 in each division. And, and, and with Bellator, they're, you know, he's slowly trying to enter. He has, he's featuring 115 fighters. So we got fighters who aren't even ranked. So it's it's a lot going on. You got to pay, you can't just pay attention to ranked fighters. Look at welterweight. You pay attention to UFC's welterweight division as only ranked fighters. You'll be sitting up there getting old. Those dudes never fight each other. They talk a whole lot, but they never fight each other. It's ridiculous. But yeah, this one right here, Tamor, 18 and 2. Huge fight, 15, undefeated, 15 and 0. Jack Shore. Now, Vilev is a WSO PFL guerrilla fighting and now in the UFC International uh, Pancration Federation European champion. Two fight, one streak of, uh, I would say, after. His fight with Trevin Jones uh, was overturned to a no contest. Hasn't lost since 2016. He's one-on-one versus Chris Gutierrez. Five finishes via strikes, two by submission, three wins by decision. And he will be the minus 120 favorite. Or well, he was going in. Jack Shore out of Cage Warriors. There you go. See, see why I got to watch Cage Warriors, former Cage Warriors bantamweight champion, 15-0. UFC debut September 2019, coming off of a unanimous decision win over Ludwig Scholinian, September 2021. Four finishes via strike, eight by submission, three by decision. I think that if anyone can whether the storm of the grappling prowess of Valive, I believe it is Jack Shore. I am actually going to go with the undefeated. I, I can't, I mean, 15 and 0, that's not a prospect as far as I'm concerned. I'm sorry, it's not. But, you know, it's not. You know, what can I say? But, you know, I'm sure that's what he's going to be called. But yeah, I'm going with the underdog in this one. It's going to be in the, uh, 
fantastic fight. I'm probably going to be, you know, it's probably a bad pick, but these are suspect picks, people. Sorry. It is suspect picks. Thank you, sir, for stopping past my little tiny podcast. All right. So my other uh, questions, my other fabulous listener questions are about previous, uh, the previous um, fights. And there's one about, well, yes, it's previous fights, previous things that happened. So I'm going to leave those for the recaps. We're just going to do run right through suspect picks. Okay, continue it through. Like I said, this is going to be a short episode. Running through, as I said, Drago Alexander Volkov, former Bellator heavyweight champion, former M1 global heavyweight champion. Okay, 33 years old. I believe he's still a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, going up against a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Tom Aspinall. His grappling prowess was actually known prior to him being a knockout artist. Okay, nine finishes via strikes, two by submission. Okay, seven fight, one streak. Yep, like I said, man, I'm going with this young stud. 11 and 2 over the seasoned vet. We'll see. He is the minus 150 favorite in this matchup going against plus 110. Volkov doubt money will go toward Drago. Allen, Arnold Allen, I think, is going to beat the hell out of Dan Hooker. This will be a huge upset, as I said. Now, the minus 115, minus 105 because Dan Hooker with the reach with that excellent kickboxing could catch Arnold Allen. I wouldn't be surprised. And Dan Hooker, he's called the hangman for a reason because of his ground game, not because it's a catchy uh, nickname. That's not what it's all about. Lightweight, we got the extremely overrated Patty Pimplett going up against uh, and just 10-fight win streak for Arnold Allen which includes victories over Maz Burnell, which we just got finished watch fighting. Makwan Americani, who's fighting on this card, and Gilbert Melendez, and Sadiq Youssef. Okay, five finishes via strikes, four by submissions. The hangman, as far as I know, uh, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Orthodox, of course, Tiger Muay Thai, and City Kickboxing. Okay, that, that is this is a serious fight right there, people. Oh! Okay, we have Rodrigo Vargas, 12-4, plus 375 underdog over Patty Pimplet. Watch that right there. I said, man, I, I'm, you know, Patty, you know, we see height, reach, will probably piece Vargas up, however, Man, yep, I I put money on, on Vargas. Okay, I'm I'm going with Patty, but I put money on Vargas, like straight up, just in case, man. Jason, just in case I could see him getting with Patty. Gunnar Nelson, these kids, listen, you know, now listen, Gunnar isn't he's not even that old. Okay. Oh, oh, just real quick. Vargas, seven finishes via strikes, three by submissions, only one victory by decision, 11-4 overall. Okay. Two and three in his last five on a two-fight losing streak. That's why he's the underdog in this matchup. Over a year since his legal knee 
to uh, Brock Weaver uh, more than a year at this point. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I'm trying to remember that one. I'm trying to remember that. But yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Okay, so. But yeah, Gunnar Nelson. Listen, let me tell you something about Gunnar Nelson. Okay. Former NFL, NF, NAFA middleweight champion, IBJJF 2019 gold medalist, brown belt level, gi, middleweight, black belt level, no gi. Okay, the man is no joke. Okay, Ludwig Nelson is no joke. 33 years old. That's, that's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that age range. That's not geezer age range. Okay, that's... Okay, 5'11", 72-inch, second-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay? Renzo Gracie went to a split decision versus Leon Edwards. A lot of people bring that up. You need to watch the fight. You need, because Leon clearly lost that round <laughs> straight up. He did, okay? First round, you know? So, it's, yeah. Put some respect. 12 finishes by submission. Put some respect on Mr. Nelson's name. I'm going with Nelson. A lot of people believe that Takashi Sato is going to knock Nelson out. I mean, if you want, I mean, plus 360 is a good payday. If you want to slide some change on Takashi Sato, okay, out of Sanford MMA, second degree, black belt in judo. So it could we could see some takedown defense going on there, or he may sweep Gunner. Highly doubtful. Highly doubtful. I believe that when he gets taken down, he's going to be taken into deep water. Three and two in his last five. Two and two in the UFC. 11 finishes via strikes. Two by submissions. Three by decisions. Two of his three submission losses were in the UFC. Coming off of a 2020 loss to Miguel Baeza. So, yeah, I'm going with Mr. Nelson, the 490 favorite. Talked to you all about Molly McCann already. We got Ja Herbert. This is one right here you got to keep your eyes on. Ila Tapora, as far as I'm concerned, will destroy Patty. However, however, man, it's a significant reach. <laughs> Listen, height and reach shouldn't mean anything. Tapora, I believe, will get under that reach and take Herbert down. We've seen that happen before with that young man, 11-3 versus the undefeated uh, Tapora. Uh, I'm going with the favorite in that matchup there, but man, I wouldn't be surprised. And another thing about Ilya, this whole Patty thing, how is he focused? Is he focused? You shouldn't pay attention to things like that when you're doing your betting or your picks or whatever. You shouldn't pay shouldn't care about stuff like that. But I'm, I don't know, man. He, he went after the ball because he says something. And listen, I understand. I understand. But he said something. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He said something. I know. I know. You want to put people, you want to cave someone's forehead in. Who says something because, like, yo, who are you? Trust me, I've been there a, th a million times. And you know what? No good has come from it. Why? Because that person distracted me from doing what? Making money. Because that's what's important. Making money. If you don't make money, you can get your point across. But you can get your point across while you're broke. And still be broke. And I've done that. Way too many times. And I believe that the first step into getting over being broke is not focusing on words no matter who they are you know i saw i've seen uh sean strickland's comments he's just a dog that barks that's it i don't whatever man it's just comments i'm never going to see this dude and if i do he, he's probably going to just 
assert himself and, you know, pull, pull a character into a Karen and call the police. He's not one. Well, he's a barking dog. He don't do anything. So I just hope that Ilya has, I'm just using that example. I just hope that Ilya Tapor, I just hope he doesn't, he, he's focused because he needs to focus on his opponent. Okay. Joe Herbert is a problem. Featherweight, we got Mike Grundy going a bit. Yeah, you know, it's sad. Listen, I like Maquan Americani. I hope he's a plus 153 favorite. He does have a chance. Mr. Finland does finish. Finish. I can never pronounce that correctly. I can never pronounce that correctly. That one I'm giving up on. He's called Mr. Finlan for a reason, but he's Amateur Wrestling Federation, 2010 medalist, uh, freestyle wrestling, silver medalist, bronze medalist, Roman Greco. As the list goes on for Mr. Finland, fellow Scorpio, yeah, buddy. But, um, and people remember him for, you know, his only finish via strike is when he had the first round, eight second KO of Andy Ogley. Ogley, yeah. Three fight losing streak, one and four in his last five. Sally, yeah. As the jokes, as we've seen the jokes on the timeline, gee, if he fights, he's going to lose, right? Yeah, probably. And we won't see him in the UFC anymore. We got Shamil Abdurk call him off. First fight force. ADFC M1, now the UFC, former ADFC heavyweight champion, was ranked at number seven, now at number 10. Okay, 40 years old for the Russian, six foot three, 76 inch reach. Okay, Wushu Sanda, freestyle wrestling, kickboxing, five time Russian national champion. Yeah, he got a lot going on. All right. But I am going to go with the minus 310, 14-1, Sergey Pavlovich. Okay, Fight Night Global. Fight Night Global heavyweight champion, 29 years old. You know how I feel about the geezers. If you're new to the podcast, I'm not a big fan of geezers. You know, when you're 40, 38, 40 years old, yeah, I know, Global Chick Sarah, I know. He's, he's, you know, he shut me up, but he was actually fighting another geezer. When you're over 35 years old, that's why I start calling folks geezers. I know y'all like, well, how old am I? I'm old. So I feel, so this is what I'm saying. I know y'all like, wait, that doesn't make sense. If you're young, you call somebody that age old. No, I remember that age. I remember what I was going through. Your, everything declines significantly after 35. Okay, it's it's a, you gotta. I know some of y'all are in shape, you look great, and we've seen these fifty-year-olds nowadays. J Lo, Halle Berry, they look absolutely fantastic. Okay, but fifty is not the new forty. I'm I can attest to that. Okay, they're just a you know they have. It's not just they're eating their quality eating habits. The fact that they're rich, so they can eat. I mean, extremely well and have chefs cooking for them. They were blessed with some good ass genes. Okay, not all of us are blessed with those genes. But yeah, when it comes to, and they don't, they're not athletic. They work out, but they're not athletic, okay? I don't care what Holly did in the movie. It's a movie where Valentina Shevchenko was taking it easy on her. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't pick geezers, sorry. I 
could be wrong. I could be wrong. Nikita Krylov. Okay, former FNG light heavyweight champion, former GFC two heavyweight tournament winner, 30 years old, out of the Ukraine. And I'm wondering if that's why they didn't want to do the flags or some nonsense. Paul Craig moved up the rankings. Okay, Craig is at number 11. Nikita is at number 9. So this is a very, very, very important matchup right here. We'll see how it goes. You know, I think Paul, of course, as per the course, can get Krylov via submission. But I'm going with the favorite. The 190 favorite in this matchup, Nikita, to maintain his spot in the rankings. But this is a very important fight for Paul Craig. He has to pull everything out. First of all, got to satisfy. You know, come on, he, he's representing. He got a big pop when he came out. And I love his intensity. A showman who doesn't have to say a whole lot. of Doesn't have to say a whole lot. You don't have to be Ric Flair, which is pretty much what Connor did. Copy Ric Flair. You don't have to be Ric Flair. You don't have to copy Kurt Angle like Kobe Covington is trying to do. You know, you just be you. You know, I, I love that for Paul Craig. But, yeah, uh, he could pull this one off. It's necessary for him. to. He, he needs to do it now. He can't wait. He can't say, oh, yeah, I lost. No, he needs to do it right now. He needs to take out the higher-ranked opponent. Talked about Jack Shore already. Elise Reed. We got straw weight, baby. We got straw weight. Okay, Elise Reed. Going against the young Corey McKenna, who pushed Kay Hansen to the limit. And, and again, I can't say it happened a while ago, but yeah, I can't say it enough. Okay. I know Kay Hansen is young. She she's kind of green. Her ground game has always been tight. Okay, it's always been on point. And I, I kind of had a feeling like Corey was just another version of, of Gay Hansen. Yeah, impressive, impressive performance, man. Now, former CFFC strawweight champion, made her pro debut at Bell Tour 231, defeated Jillian DeCourse, our resident Jillian DeCourse. I hate to bring that up at CFFC 91. Sorry, Jillian, had to bring that one up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Went at it with Sajori Eubanks. Lost that one, but still, to get in there with uh, someone, you know, that tough, impressive, impressive. Okay, and uh, as an amateur, I mean, equally as impressive. And, of course, Corey McKenna out of team Alpha Male. Definitely got a height, reach, virtually identical key matchup here. I'm actually going with the underdog in this matchup here, the plus 190 underdog. Wouldn't be surprised. Corey is tough, though. I wouldn't be surprised if she pulls it out because she's still developing. Not that at least it stopped developing, but Corey is so, I mean, so much can be poured into that young woman as far as knowledge goes, man. You definitely got to watch those two. 4-1 versus 6-0, you got to watch those two. I believe that they will take over the strawweight division eventually. Bantamweight, we got Vince 
Morales going up against, oh, no, wait, that fight got canceled. Never mind. So, Mohamed Makiev, 5-0, minus 350. Favorite. Okay, going up against Cody Durdan. It just seems bizarre. Watch your money there. I think I put some money on an underdog in that. I mean, 12-3-1, it's got the experience. But again, will you have the wrestling prowess? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So watch your money. There's a lot of underdogs that can come through here. I know I'm dependent on some of these underdogs that come through to help me make some change. <laughs> but that's it for suspect picks. Okay. Now let's get into some recaps. First off, of course, as I said, as I promised, I'm going to get back into listener questions. So, recaps, people, but I'm going to actually hit my man's question up, Jamal, the son of Thomas, McTavish, at McTavish Clan. Y'all all know him as Cyrus Casually Cool King, the coolest casual in the world. He also... Just recently, he combined his Collision Course podcast, or I guess theme of the podcast, and Combat Corner into one, spliced them both together, which is good for me, because then I can start asking some a whole variety of questions more than I already am. This man right here, my brother from another mother, he's actually the one who encouraged me put me down and said, hey, man, listen to questions. Need to add those. So listen to questions have been added. Really, thanks to this man right here. Also to the ruler, the overlord of the Hot Pass. First of all, the innovator of the Hot Pass movement and overlord of the Hot Pass Council. Shout out to the Hot Pass Council affiliates, okay, and all the Combat Corner fans. His question is, how do you think a Hazmat versus Kobe fight will go? I think Kobe's cardio could be a problem for Hamzat. But I am still learning Hamzat. How about you? Uh, I think Boris will whip Kobe's ass, to be honest. His wrestling lesson, because Kobe, I know what he was doing during his college years when he wasn't getting arrested. That's the irony of him calling, uh, you know, um, talking about, Usman's father and everything and Usman cheating and all this other kind of stuff. That fool was in jail. I'm not saying the whole time. He did have a college career, but man, Boris has been doing it since forever. I don't know. I think he, I don't know about Usman because again, black belt and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you need the both to complement, as you know. You need both. Usman is a problem because he has both. His, he'll incorporate the Jiu-Jitsu as he did into his takedown defense along with his wrestling along with his just look at him he looks he looks like he's chiseled from granite kobe is to me he's not necessarily a small welterweight i think that the welterweight is just entirely too damn big like i don't see my issue with boars is that is his is the weight cut i just think it's to do six two like i don't even know how leon does it like this dude like he like if anything like like leon because of the equal reach Kobe with those little short ass arms trying to attack somebody with the volume, and he keeps his head on the center line. He does He did a had a vast improvements. His boxing is getting a little bit better, but it's not actual boxing. You know, I think Boris will whip his ass. Honestly, people have Kobe. I'm high on Kobe as an athlete, as a fighter. 
He, I like him as for betting. I actually like Kobe as far as betting goes. As far as money goes, he's pretty solid. He's pretty consistent. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, he's a piece of trash as far as I'm concerned. He's a scumbag rap. You know, I want to hear this all his character and, you know, it's just, a, you know, all that kind of nonsense. You know, these kids are talking about the WWE shtick and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not. I already talked about that. No, that's not how it works. And no, he's a clown. He's a scumbag rap piece of trash as far as I'm concerned. Okay. But as an athlete, no, he's no joke. And I usually, as I said, Kobe fights, I'm pretty much slapping money on him. Not in that fight, though. I don't think his wrestling alone, his, like you said, his cardio, uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know about boards in that weight cut. So I don't know how long he'll be in welterweight. I think he'd get past Burns. I don't know about Usman um, because of the improved striking and everything he has going on as far as grappling goes. Kobe, where's his jujitsu at? He doesn't finish. You need someone for boards. You need someone who can finish. Kobe's not that dude. That's why he's not go up to middleweight. <laughs> These kids are crazy. These rat Nazis about it. Because you got to be a Nazi to be on this dude, you know, ass like this. Got to be. These, man, I trash that dude. And his little kitty children fans came out in droves, you know, trying to racial me. Ain't going to kiss my ass. Okay. He's not better than no damn Bobby Knuckles. What math is that? Uh, uh, Usman's not big enough, even though him and Bobby are the same size. But it's like, because to me, Usman's too big for welterweight. But it's like, okay, how is it that, you know, Usman can't beat Bobby Knuckles, but this jackass is supposed to move up and beat Bobby? They crazy out of their mind. Kobe comes to ain't beat no damn Bobby Knuckles. I'm assuming he's a, he's a better natural wrestler. He ain't no damn better natural wrestler. The problem is that's his problem. He's not really a better natural wrestler. The better natural wrestler is Usman, not Kobe. That's why he can't beat him. Okay? It's, that's it. Who get his ass beat by? Vittori's in, and Vittori's entirely too big for that kid. Yes, the volume will be something. He just got to get cracked one time. We saw what happened to Kobe. He got cracked one time, and he went down, just like any other human being. He gets hit by those metal weights. He's going to stop. He's going to reassess his life. He'll run out of that octagon again. Um, but, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong, though. Um, I think Kobe could beat Burns. I think he could outpoint him. I think that because there's no point in Burns shooting on takedown for, with Kobe, so he'd stand bang with him. And I think that Kobe, his, his pacing, his volume would be a problem for Burns, sadly. I think that Burns, if he, it does go to ground, if anyone could sub Kobe, it is Burns. It is um, Burns and Boris, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the mess of my issue with, with Kobe. What's the jiu-jitsu to complement his uh, wrestling? You need that in that division. Damn sure need that. And talking about something, he could beat some damn Bobby Knuckles. Bunch of black belt. Even Kevin Gaslam. Kelvin. Kelvin. Is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Chris Weedman is a black belt. He got to be. Stop. These kids, man. These kids. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Always a pleasure to see you on here, brother. Got to stop past more often. Next up, we got my girl Nick Nick at NM Peoples 97. Do you think Ankleyev will start to incorporate more of his wrestling as he matches up with higher-ranked opponents? Khalil Roundtree, will he make a run? No. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get past Paul Craig. And, you know, if they... Go at it again. I don't think he's going to, you know, like some of those losses, 
aren't aging real well for Mr. Khalil. It depends on if he can get somebody, sucker somebody. But right now, as it stands now, because it, he's too dangerous a striker for someone to sit up there and just bang with him. And when you get smothered by a light heavyweight, because he's really, he needs to really go back down to me to middleweight. I think light heavyweight is a little too big for him. There are monsters, you know, I still have a lot of faith in Dominic Reyes. To me, he has been fighting at 100%. Jan Behovich, he's a Muay Thai fighter as well. He's going to see what uh, Khalil's doing, you know, or trying to do, um, you know, feints, things like that. It didn't work for – I mean, Izzy wasn't trying to do it. He wasn't trying to be exotic with his strength. He thought he could knock Jan out. That was the problem with that fight and that plan. I also don't think there was a whole lot of prep involved with that one. I'm not trying to make excuses for Izzy. But like I said, Jan Behovich is experienced, former Muay Thai champion, and he's, a, as far as I know, he's a champion at Brown Belt. And jujitsu, so it's it's not. Nah, it would smother him, get him down the ground. You know, two hundred five is nothing to a two hundred fiver to scoop up and lift and slam down. I uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't. I uh, you know, it's, it's sad because it would be nice to see, but yeah, I don't see it. And as far as um, Akilev goes, who moved up to rankings. Uh, speaking of which, now, um, right kick. If he could use his wrestling, that would be the best course to impress Dana and Dana and company letting him slide with the boring matches with incorporating the wrestling. But he, if he could smother any of those guys, Jan, Glover, right kick in particular, like Jury, you know, I don't, I don't know what his ground game is, and he's such a dangerous striker. I, I don't see why anyone would stand with him. I also don't think Khalil would do well against him and stand up at light heavyweight. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's, I think that would be the best course of action for him if he utilizes wrestling. Because he's too hesitant. If he's hesitant against Tiago, I know Tiago's still dangerous. But, come on, he's very, you can figure out what he's doing. It's, he's not style bender. You know, he's not doing anything exotic with his striking for you know, Akilev to be so hesitant. But he's, and Magomed moved up two spots to number four. Anthony Smith got kicked down along with Tiago. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, only four more places. To, and, you know, it's just, I think he'll do more of this terrible, well, not terrible. I think he'll do more of the, the boring striking, Nick. But yeah, I think it would be very. It would it would shock the world if he could out grapple all those the, the four individuals above him. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, I think he'll still do the boring striking to answer your question. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's the path, the best path for him, in spite of those guys. Because if he can outdo them on the ground, all these great grapplers, yeah, he'll be good to go. My man, Mr. B at Mr. B nineteen eighty six. What's going on, brother? Your thought, your thoughts on JDS, Hector Lombard, and Thiago Silva signing, uh, being signed to Eagle FC. Uh, yeah, um, I just, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it, brother. I'm not really, you know, it's JDS. He's 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 done. Hector Lombard is done. Okay, you know, yeah, he did he did great at bare knuckle boxing, but that's as you know, bare knuckle. Yeah, nah. And, and Silva, man, that dude's Tiago's been done a long time ago. He is done. 
MMA. He is. Yeah, I just think I'm starting to think that Habib does it on purpose just so he gets watch his Russian, uh, you know, team just beat the hell out of UFC fighters. Kind of like Chatry over at one, just sitting back there waiting for a UFC fighter to come in there so he watch him get the ass kicked because his fighters are juiced all the way up. I, I gotta stop saying that. I gotta stop saying that. But um, yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Uh, oh, uh. And, oh, wait, what's the next move for Hooker if he wins, loses against Allen? Um, it's Allen, you know, like that's one of, I wish I knew some of these fighters. I would be like, listen, man, you went up against a beast if he loses. Went against a beast, bro. Stay where you at. Give it a try. Okay. Don't go out like Essen Barbosa. Stay there. You know, don't lose like Essen's been doing. Okay. Maybe get a rematch with Essen. Avenge that loss, that beatdown. I doubt it. But I think he should stay there. I think he should stay there. I hope he doesn't rush back up the lightweight. Like, you know, I'm not a fan of fighters cutting down, or in his case, cutting back down again, because it went back, they went up for a reason. But hey, uh, he got to stay down there. Because, I mean, they need fresh blood in that division. And man, a, a improved Dan Hooker versus Max Holloway. Man, I got to see that. I got to see that. I know a lot of people aren't high on, on Dan Hooker, and I don't blame y'all because dude's a knucklehead at times. But, yeah, I, I think his striking is, is, is good. He's always entertaining. Again, please watch that Dustin Poirier fight for f folks out there who disagree. Listen, if you can hang with Dustin, come, man, listen, he needs to stay in that division. If he wins, oh, that's it. That dude is on his way. That is it. They're going to all, they're going to throw, throw rank fighters at him. You know, they have to fight him. They have to fight him to stop him from climbing up those rankings because they, they need someone. They can't have Max Holloway as an alternate for the rest of his life. Okay, he's going to be in the corner just in case somebody don't. Come on, man. Like, come on, man. So, yeah, yeah, if he beats Allen, oh, that's it. That they need a new star in that division. Thank you so much for your question. And then my man, just a dude at Beers and Ink. You got to check him out. He has follow-ups to Mr. B's question. Well, uh, um, yeah, yeah. He, he had a comment on Cyrus's question. Uh, and I know you ain't asked me, but in my opinion, Chameen still really hasn't broken into the next level of competition in the roster. I agree. The first five or six spots are where all the heat lives. I'll even admit that I thought Green was it, but he didn't show us. <laughs> well, well, I mean, again, you can't, you can't. My comment on your comment is just, you can't go, you got, like, fans have to, because Green is going up against nothing but tough competition. To me, you can't hold that against him and say, oh, well, he ain't got it. He's going up against so many tough, so much tough competition that it shouldn't be kind of held against him. But, um, yeah, I mean, in a striking category, like I said, with, with Colby, the reach, these guys get touched a couple times. You know what I mean? Like the reach, because, you know, cardio and pacing is nice, but when you get tagged one too many times. And, again, he, you, a wrestler can get out-wrestled. 
It's not, you know, we got to remember DC out wrestled a lot of wrestlers. Like he, you know, I mean, he he scooped up Stipe. That's just how DC fights. But it's it's not impossible to get out wrestled. And I think that Boris will out wrestle certain people. Um, but yeah, striking wise, he hasn't shown a whole lot. Again, I think with Kobe physically, he has too much against him, and he hasn't gone up against. He's going up against old timers. He got pieced up by Damian Maya. Like, you know, it's, yeah, but yeah, with Boris, I, I kind of agree with just dude's comments, but his actual question um, is, uh, and kind of follow up on Mr. B's query, how do you see the longevity of Habib's promotion going forward? He's landing some decent names and making smart uh, decisions thus far, and kind of a follow-up on the follow-up, realistically, where does Eagle FC rank as, uh, as a promotion. Well, talent-wise, as far as the Dagestani wrestlers go, I mean, he probably right now has the, I mean, I want to say, dare I say, best talent because with one championship, you have that variety of different. They have some of the best jujitsu practitioners on the planet, because they'll feature a, a grappling. It's not really fair because they'll feature a grappling match. Like, they'll feature something all wrestling all jujitsu. They're not afraid to do that. We saw that with Shinya Aoki. Um, so a lot of Dagestan fighters, as they're going to the UFC, will probably be in one just for that because they know they'll just put somebody in front of them that will favor what they're trying to do. But aside from that, when it comes to talent, I mean, yeah, because we could probably will see Zabit over there. I think he's going to make his comeback to UFC, but yeah, you get Sabito over there and some of his other, some of those other Dagestan fighters, especially the ones that show up at, at the smaller promotions already, and then he have them over at uh, Eagle FC. Yeah, he when it comes to talent, he'll probably have it. Now, as far as a promotion goes, I mean, he's a it's a good replacement. No offense, no offense to combat the global. I like what they're trying to do. But yeah, I just think that the it, 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 Eagle FC, uh, you know, I think they'll kind of put them out of business. Honestly, um, I think he'll he'll because the pool, as long as they can get there. The problem with Eagle FC now here's my issue. Now, where do I see longevity going forward? Um, I can see it. Um. But I think it's hard in this day and age to do a promotion, all all male promotion. You know, like Cage Warriors, there are some promotions that feature more women, you know, a ton more men than they do women. Uh, but still, it's part of that is because the women are going to flock to where they'll be able to shine. They'll go to LFA. They'll go to Invicta. Um, you know, a lot of strawways want to give fly away to chance so it'll go to bellator uh yeah yeah you know pfl has a 155 only but that's where you're going to see a lot of 145s go and i i just don't it's it's very hard to even be accepted in an american audience but i'm sure a lot of america it's a it's a big you know this is a a large amount of fans who only want to see dudes. We see it on the timeline all the time. So I think Eagle FC will be embraced. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being the, in the number four spot in terms of promotions. I love the fact that he's trying to separate himself from Dana. He's still, you know, it's a place for talent to come, 
but he's separating himself from Dana. I hope he stays that way because I think that the promotion's under. You know, I have one or two, but, you know, like I really, I think it hurts the, the companies to be under. I'm glad Invicta left. I know Invicta is struggling, but I'm glad that they left because I just think it hurts promotions when they're under DOC and all they do is kiss their ass all day long. Yeah, you know, with this title, you'll probably end up in the UFC getting our better opportunities in the UFC. Yeah, you're saying you're, they're promotion, you're basically saying your promotion is trash. That's not what Habib's doing. And that's why I think he'll end up being a number four. But it's very hard to have longevity without a women's division to me. And he has an opportunity to feature, because think about it. He could feature Nunez, Cyborg, and Kayla Harrison. He could. Like, he has an opportunity to do that. We're talking about someone who has an opportunity to have 155. Now, this is for women now. This is for women. Okay. Because he could have the band weight, he could have straw weight, he could have add-on weight, something that is sorely needed. It can't just be Ryzen and Invicta for add-on weight, okay? Can't be. And we definitely can't have, you know, talented mixed martial artists going over to one in there. I mean, it's called add-on weight, but it's really straw weight. You know, that's another promotion with straw weight. Straw weight's like the darling of emotions and they women put on excellent fights, but I just think you need that representation. Um, so I, I think he'll always be at number four. He has the potential because of the talent pool that's there. But the thing is, is women there too, is women in that, in that region who are excellent wrestlers as well. And he needs to, he got, he got to take that. It just, he got to reach into that pool because then he can be in trading with UFC instead of taking the sloppy seconds of all these different bare knuckle boxing. No offense to those fighters, but he's taking the sloppy seconds. Rashad Evans is sloppy seconds. I'm sorry. He's sloppy seconds. Instead of taking sloppy seconds from the other promotions, he can have the talent, his talent, go from his promotion to there and get a real good trading kind of thing going on with talent. And then, then we'll have a more NFL league-esque kind of situation going on. Uh, and, but the good thing about it is Habib seems very, he seems humble in how he's doing things and that he's not ego-tripping like Chattery, uh, Scott, or Dana tend to do because those two should be, where all of them should be working together and trading talent and 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 doing crossovers and, and making it more like a league. But I, I have, I think, I think he could be number four. Because it's just too much talent over there not to. Thank you so much for your question, my brother. It is always a pleasure. Now, let's finish up these recaps. I think I got everyone's question. If I didn't, please yell at me on a timeline. I will definitely cover it later. Okay, like I said, I'm keeping it short and to the point. Just going to cover UFC 50. 50. No fight of the night. Because, you know, fights weren't all that great. Fighters got laid out, though. Damn. <laughs> that, you see why I don't depend on the main? Whether it's for betting or anything, you see why I don't depend on the main? That main was trash. Sorry. Okay. Santos. Ah, Magomed. That was trash. Absolute trash, man. Marlon Moraes is probably still asleep somewhere. Somebody wake him up. <laughs> I mean, damn. I don't know what the he, – he's doing bad. He's doing bad. One and four in his last five, that's not good. 
That's no good. And I usually on the last time, as far as I can remember, inactivity is the only reason why we've seen fighters kicked off the rankings. This dude might be he might get kicked off the rankings. Straight up. Because this is this is this is ridiculous. Seriously. Song of Dawn came through. Uh oh, my picks. My picks. So, how well did I do or didn't do? Now, before I continue, though, real quick, I'm, I'm going to get more detail with Bellator, but uh, I promise I was going to explain Bellator. The minus 1,000, that's not money there, but when you combine, when you do a line and you combine the favorites, Cody Law, Diana, now Diana, Avis Saragova, she struggled. Minus 450, she struggled. I know I said I was going to do UFC, but I just I got to touch on this real quick. I'm going to touch on it before later. Uh, Kyra, uh, she's going to go, because I was like, man, she seems a little small for flyweight. She's trying to do strawweight. She's trying to do strawweight, and, and Bellator needs to do that. But, yeah, I said I was going to explain Bellator. Just real quick, the favorites over at Bellator, uh, you know, for the most part, when it's like a minus 150, now this isn't, uh, don't go, you got to watch the fights. You got to study the fighters. But Bellator is, is pretty, if you're doing your line and even um, trying to hit that parlay, Bellator is actually a good, it's, it's actually pretty good in that regard. It's actually not the UFC. UFC upsets are good for the underdogs because, you know, like I said, you can get this plus 350 money. You can get this plus 235 money. Um, but it, it messes up a lot of par people's parlay. It does. And I think there's something going on with the fighters where they come in and then they're not making weight. And then it's just all these other issues. They're arguing with some other fighter who has a different fight. It's like craziness that goes on over there. Bellator is actually very kind of by the numbers. It's a good place to have to, even if you just break even, if you're trying to make sure that you break even at the end of the night, take your risk, but make sure you break even. Bellator is actually the one to go. Okay. Um, I lean mostly on the favorites, so did well with the Bellator. But like I said, I'm not going to brag about that because that's nothing to brag about. I got four wrong for UFC 50. Uh, you know, I took a chance on Sabina Mazo, but Miranda Maverick made me look like an absolute fool. I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it, how you get caught with the same finish. It's ridiculous. Another RNC loss. My baby is gone. I'm sad. Sabina Mazel gone. Got kicked out. Well, she's at the end of the contract. But I am going to celebrate because Greg Hardy's gone. Ha! Ha! Time to celebrate. Got to drink a toast. I uh, took a chance on Savage. That was a that was a terrible. This, five fights with five finishes until we got to the ladies. Damn it! You know I hate when the ladies don't shine. Jillian Robertson, I don't, she has to get away from Den Thomas. She got a black belt. He, he's, as far as I know, was just her jujitsu coach. But, um, yeah, she got to get away from that team, man. She got to get her striking together. She got to go train with other fighters. She trains with other fighters now. She actually trained with Miranda Maverick after Miranda had beat her, which is, you know, because she's just such a cool person. But uh, yeah, that, she got to she got to do something. She got to do something because she can't hang with this. These because her striking is trash, and she didn't. Even, I, when you look at the numbers, they give you like it's like forty or something like significant strikes that she had landed. I'm like, that's a joke. It's only like she landed a single significant strike in that matchup. Trevin Jones, 
versus Dave uh, Javid Basharat. Got the decision victory. We got the leader. I call him the leader from off of Marvel. If you don't know who the leader is, then you're not going to get the chuckle when I talk about Damon J Jackson. He looks like the leader. Long ass forehead. That's what he looks like. He advanced to 24 <laughs> 1 1 no contest with the submission over Camila Kirk, Cody Buntage, 50K Richer after his submission victory. Uh, we had, oh man, Chris Monteheo, uh, Guido Canetti won as well. But I was just like, man, I thought for sure that's the one I got wrong. Another one I got wrong. I thought for sure that was going to be it. But Chris got destroyed. But also shows that, yes, Sean O'Malley has pillow, pillowy punches. He does. So people are like, wait, why does he get pieced up by, well, pillow punches. That's how. Uh yeah oh man Tefan oh he got he got killed it's like damn what is going on here my man got trashed I was like damn yeah Matthews uh but the this one right here the Matthew uh the Jedi Salzberger Samelsberger that one I was like he's having problems with AJ Fletcher I'm like what is this like he had problems with AJ Fletcher I did not see that one. Um, coming. So yeah, uh, those 50K Richard were Sonya Dong, Khalil Roundtree, Cody Bundage, and of course, Azmat for Kilma Man, Drew Dober. So Alex Pieter, like I said, I'm just going to keep this short. Like I said, I'm keeping this episode short, but like I said, I stand by what I say. Alex Pieter got no business. People want him to skip the line to get to Izzy so he can knock him out again. So the Izzy haters can you know rub one off y'all kiss my ass okay it's not going not that i'm not listen i'm not an izzy stan but yeah y'all gotta get out of here with that he's just going to get his ass kicked he's going to get taken in deep water by every damn wrestler that's a grappler that's in that division which the division is filled with nothing but grapplers so to think that this 34 year old kickboxer is just going to go up there and beat everybody's ass y'all crazy and like, i stand by the way he couldn't beat bruno Silva. people like first want to put bruno Silva on a pedestal like hey man you need to know who this dude is and recognize who he is he was he was supposed to get knocked out period i recognize the fact that he too is probably not going to survive that division either yeah he's good he's a good what striker <laughs> stop it stop He's not getting past the grapplers in that division. Wake up. He's black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Pieta isn't. Okay? Sorry. I know he's under Teixeira. I don't care. He's not going to turn him to a black belt overnight. He's 34 years old. He's done. Anyway, Drew Dober almost got his ass kicked. Terrence McKinney, I give him. I'm giving that young man credit. Came in last minute and did his thing. People need to stop getting, being so hard on a kid. But, yeah, good night of fights. Okay, there's your recap. If you're listening all the way through, it's greatly appreciated. UFC Vegas 50. Five. Count of five finishes to start out. See what I'm saying about the prelims? See why you can't shine on the prelims, people. Because it's all about the violence. People keep wondering about who, what, where, what. You got to get to know new people. Stop dwelling on these old people. Get to know new people. Okay, we got to get to know Cody Bundage. He is a 50K winner, $50,000 richer. Congratulations to him. Of course, another reason why you got to get to know the prelims. Now, okay, 
Because a lot of people say, oh, come on, man, here you go with these finishes again. That's the only thing that matters. Listen, we're not getting we're not getting decision fights. We're not getting Sean Wei, Sean Wei Lee versus Joanna M. J. Check decision uh ecstasy fights. <laughs> we're not getting that. We're not getting that at all. Okay? Where that main was horrible, man. It was wretched. Now, what I what my point that I made on the timeline about Ankalev was his comments about, oh, he he went to five rounds on purpose. He stressed the fight out on purpose. First of all, that's disrespecting Santos. Oh, he could just do whatever he wanted there. Like Santos is a bum. Santos isn't a bum. The reality is he couldn't figure out an entry. Santos was hesitant, you know, primarily because he's washed. I think he knows he's washed. And, but I think he also understands that each fighter is different, you know, and, you know, with Santos, he's had issues on the feet and on the ground. And we, as devastating a striker as he has been. See, the problem is he has that knockout power. But, you know, whenever I find out that someone's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's, because it takes a lot, you don't understand what it takes to become a black belt. But now we've seen some, you know, coaches, they just hand their fighters belts. They ain't do nothing to earn it. They just hand their belts like Priscilla Cachoeira. Like, how are you in a fight where you're getting pieced up? Pieced up. Really didn't do anything off your back. Got taken down, but mind you. No submission, really, no submission attempts. And somehow, somehow you get a brown belt? That doesn't make any sense. You get a warrior brown belt? I get it. It's like, well, I wanted to give them a surprise just in case they won, but they had earned their brown belt already. No, no, no. We need the old school way. Okay, if Woodley can get his black belt after a submission, finish, championship fight, mind you. Frank Mirror, same thing when he broke Tim Silva's arm. That's when he earned his black belt. Like, that's the way it needs to be, period. Okay. Like that Michelle Waterson brown belt. Uh, like, after getting pieced up by Angela Hill. Because <laughs> you held her on the ground for a round. That's great, but that's wrestling. That's not jujitsu. Like what is no submission attempts, mind you. She just held her on the ground. Like I didn't see, you know, not a significant because Angela Hill, you try to get something more on her nine times out of ten. Well, no matter what it is, arm bar or whatever, she's probably gonna sprawl out of it. But still, give me something. So, you know, you can't really count that. But I mean, look, Brazilian, you know, where he comes from, where he trained, earned his black belt Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I just, because uh, the reason why I focus on that is because grapplers usually, you know, to be, is something a lot missing from their striking game. No matter how many devastating KOs they may have, there's elements that are missing from their, because their main focus was grappling. And grapplers, generally speaking, wrestling or Jiu-Jitsu, they have, it, they have bad, uh, there's a lot of, the positives of those techniques run counter when it comes to striking. Wrestling, planting your feet, having a solid base. That's the best way. There's so many aspects to that, what I just said, that help when it comes to wrestling. Being able to shoot in, being able to get that blast double, getting able to get a solid, whether you're jiu-jitsu or wrestling, getting that single leg. Those are qualities that a wrestler should have, that a wrestler or grappler should practice. However, that's a terrible thing to have. Terrible. Uh, you got to change that when it comes to striking. A lot of grapplers think they are, but they're not. 
they think they're moving around. They think they have football, but they're, but they're really staying prone because their body is used to certain doing certain things. And I think that's the problem with Santos. Okay, for all of his great striking, for all of his great achievements when it comes to striking, the difference between him and say Izzy or even a Pieta is that they're going, they're they're already doing things. When it's on the feet, they're doing all these different things to make their striking better. They have a plan in place. They're moving their feet around. They don't have their feet planted. They're not in a prone position. Now, you know, some kickboxers, multi fighters, they tend to have their their head kind of right on the center which is why they can get tagged, as we saw with Bruno Silva. First of all, Bruno Silva, a good striker, along with being a grappler. But it's like when you don't have that real significant base, because something may be missing with a pure striker. You know, that's why certain techniques are good to have, like boxing. Boxing isn't just throwing a punch. It's not just combinations. It's blocking. It's head movement, footwork. Distance management. Like, there's a lot of things that go into that, and those are elements that are generally missing from a, a grappler, which is why when an MMA fighter, especially a grappler, someone with a grappling base, does terrible in boxing. Why they don't know, they're just standing there in a prone position because that, guess what? That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they're used to doing for years. You know, like like even like when you look at Kobe Covington, like we're seeing even him and him and, and Usman, like we're seeing like Usman had Trevor Whitman. People gotta remember that. Had Trevor Whitman. It took a long time in professional MMA to get to where they are now in terms of their striking. And it's still a long a lot of things they need to add. Like for Usman to think that right now he can walk in and actually be competitive in a boxing match is ludicrous. He's missing so much. It's not, he has no footwork. He moves his head out of the way. But his head movement is slow. His pacing is terrible. His distance management actually isn't all that great. And, you know, because he's catching, you know, guys who really don't, you know, who aren't boxers. Like Jorge is kickboxing, not boxing. You know, but 37, you know, a lot slower than he used to be. So it's, yeah, not to say, not to say. He's fighting the Canelo. So it's so many things, elements that are missing. So I think that's the problem with Santos is that when you realize you're missing a lot of things, especially going up against someone who is well-rounded, who is a little bit better in every regard, it's like I understand why he was freezing at times. It's like what the hell do you do against this dude who's fast, big and fast, and, you know, his ground is not going to go well, even as a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, you know, but that's still no excuse to have a poor showing for either fighter. They have to pull the trigger. They can't stand around and wait and figure out what's going to happen. Now, uh, Makachev, Makachev, goodness gracious, I got the wrong person on my mind. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. Akilev uh, moved up the rankings, so good for him. So this is it. This is it. Like all that, yeah, I just wanted to get the experience of, no, get the experience of a five-round fight. That's insanity. No, you don't get the experience of no damn five-round fight. He's out of his mind. <laughs> he is out of his mind. Glover Chester isn't going to entertain no five-round fight. He's going to try and finish him on the ground. There's not a soul. 
Dominic Reyes, you know, I don't he, – he reminds me of Darren Till. It's something mentally going on with him. To me, he's not washed or anything like that. He's not overrated, none of that stuff. It's just something going on with him mentally. I don't know what it is. Maybe the weight cut because he's a big dude. Maybe the weight cut's getting to him. I don't know. But it's something going on with him mentally. Same with Darren Till. It's something going on. His, his skills aren't diminished. He's an excellent uh, Muay Thai fighter. He does, I mean, he studied jiu-jitsu in Brazil. You know what I mean? Like, it's something going on with him mentally. I think being around Boris, it's not simply the training, but the training is going to make Till that much better because that's wrestling versus the jiu-jitsu. But I think he needs someone who just talks about, who only has a certain thought process. Boris is smash. That's it. Smash. Crush people. Beat everybody going to beat everybody that's what till needs he needs that inner beast to come back out again and it's hard after you know this dude you know he, he went up against the, the best so it's like I, I definitely see why um you know it affected him you know hell i went through a whole lot that affected me so i, I understand but yeah no fighter night awards uh performance tonight song you don who Ah, man, listen. Khalil Roundtree Jr., who would crush Sean Strickland, Cody Buntage, and Azamat Murazakhanov. Congratulations to them. That Cody, that Cody Buntage fight, I was just like, wow. And even the Khalil Roundtree. Hey, hats off to people who thought that Carl Robinson had absolutely no business being a favorite in that fight, that's a good. If any of you picked him, put money on Khalil. That I think I passed on Khalil. I don't remember because I was concentrating a lot on Beltor. I was concentrating on a lot on Beltor. Ah, yes, I'm supposed to be explaining Beltor. So anyway, my point is, Aspieta, Bruno Silva. Now Silva, I get, I, I get. I'm have more faith. In, I have ugh, more faith in him moving up the chain than Pieta. You can't be one-dimensional in the middleweight division, okay? And people need to stop, get out of their mind that Izzy is one-dimensional. He is not one-dimensional. Furthermore, he almost beat Pieta, okay? Even in the fight where he got knocked out, he was actually winning that fight. He gassed, something happened to him in that fight. But, yeah, knockout, that's it? Nah, come on, man. And that's kickboxing, okay? Close decision and knockout, no, nah, that's not it. It's MMA. It's not the same. And then, hey, no, hey, look, maybe Pieta is Izzy's kryptonite. But is he going to get past everyone else in that? Who's going to stand and bang with this dude? Nobody. Who's going to really stand and bang with Bruno Silva? Just because he's a black belt doesn't mean he's not going to get tested. And I remind people there's a bunch of black belts in that division. Okay? So to sit up here and think that either one is going to get through that division is ludicrous. All that respect on his name? No. What folks need to do is put respect on the names of everyone who's ranked in that division. Except for Edmund Sebastian. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I'm kind of serious. But I'm, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. But yeah, right now as it stands, still a lot of big fights there. Uh, so happy for, i tell you who I'm happy for. I'm happy for Sadiq Youssef. Got hit bad with COVID. Was able to come back. Congrats to him. But yeah, as far as the rankings go, but like I said, like, if you look at the middleweight rankings, we got Robert Whitaker. So put some respect on the name of Robert Whitaker. Put some respect on the name of Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, 
uh, the hell with Strong, Sean Strickland. I would love to see Alex Pierre, to, you know, destroy Sean Strickland or even Bruno Silva for that matter. I think both of them could beat his ass. Uh, Paul Costa, I mean, again, I mean, did fantastic five round fight. You know, I always talked about his cardio being an issue, but man, he he did his thing versus Marvin. Marvin is tough as hell. Bronson is pretty much done at this point. One more fight left on his contract. Jack Hermanson, I mean, he's going to go straight to the ground. He's going to tackle Pieta, take him into deep water. Darren Till, you know, like I said, he needs to fix what's wrong with him. But if anyone can, I'm telling you, y'all people, people act like this dude's a clown. He's not a clown. He's not a bum. Guess what? He's ranked. Pieta isn't. <laughs> or Bruno Silva. You're right, Hall, I'm not sure uh, about him. Um, Kelvin Gaslam. Again, Kelvin Gaslam, he, the problem is him. He's another one. He is him. It's something mentally going on. He's not washed. He's not overrated. It's something mentally going on with him. He still has it in the, in the tank. And yes, he would he would definitely survive both of those dudes, I believe. Nasser Dean, Amarov. Yeah, Brad Tavares. Now people want Pia to face him. I think that's a good test. He shouldn't get a ranked fighter, you know, even if they're at 13. To me, Edmund Sabajan. Because if he can't get past Edmund Sabajan, if neither one can get past Edmund Sabajan, then I mean, I don't know disrespect to Edmund, but there's nothing to talk about. There's absolutely nothing to discuss. That's it. Like, all this rush him to the title shot just so he can beat Izzy so he get picked apart by everybody else in that division. Could you imagine Alex Pieta losing to Sean Strickland? Yeah, nah. Nah. No, no, no. Go through the division, same thing that Izzy did. Then we can talk. I don't care how old he is. If it takes until 40, well, oh, well. Too bad. That's his fault. Should have crossed over sooner. You know, and the same dude lost his kickboxing match when he came in. A lot of people said, well, look who he fought. Explain to me who he fought. Explain to me who, point out who he fought. Then we can talk. Other than that, be quiet. If you ain't watch either want him or Izzy fight during the kickboxing days, be quiet. I don't hear anything about it. That's my point. Okay. But anyhow, enough of that. Enough of, enough of whining and complaining. Okay, light heavyweight. Let's focus on light heavyweight. Magomed moved up two spots. Anthony Smith Tiago, of course, moved down one spot. Reyes sitting at number seven. Concentrate now is Alexander Rykek, Jury, and uh, Jan Pahovic, and, of course, the champion. So, yeah, this is it. All this, yeah, I just want to test myself. No, young man, need to finish. Need to finish. Because Jury is going to beat this dude ass if he sit up there with, I just want to go to a decision fight. You out of your damn mind. Ain't no, that's not what Francis Ngannou did. Francis Ngannou ain't sit up there and go, yeah, I think I need to test myself in a five-round fight. That's not what Valentina Shevchenko does, even though she's been in some five-round fights. Still, what does she do? She has killer instincts. She's trying to take her opponent out, no matter who they are, as soon as the fight starts. That's why she's number one on the pound for pound list. That's why she's one of the number one fighters in the world, because nine times out of ten, May not be the next opponent. It certainly will be the opponent after her. Somebody getting finished. That's how uh, Valentina does. Somebody's getting finished. Rose Namajunas. Somebody's getting finished. Not Wei Lee out. Sorry, that wasn't fluke. Knocked her out. Smoke, you want MJ check. It's not a fluke. It happened. Deal with it. Clover Chichera finished his fight to become champion. Okay, Stylebender finished Paulo Costa. All right, Kamaru Dean Usman finished. Called, called Mosadal, said, look, no. No, we're going to fight again. Don't deserve a title shot, but you're going to fight again. Come on, finish your ass. And that's exactly what Usman did. Charles Oliveira finished his last two opponents. Okay. 
that that's what it's all about. You don't practice that. Juliana Pena, even Juliana Pena, she finished one of the greatest, who is considered the greatest women's fighter of all time. Finished her. I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but folks, you got to swallow it. Stop bringing up that cyborg fight. It's over. It was years ago. Beta Pena, I'm sorry, Pena, is champ now in the bandweight division. Nunes is the champion of an empty division full of spiders and, <laughs> and dust. Okay. <laughs> you don't you don't practice a damn. Who does that? That was equal practice a damn. Uh five round five. I just want to touch myself. <laughs> Get out of here, man. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. I ain't practicing no damn five round fight. Get the hell out of there. Let me let me leave this dude alone. Let me let me leave him alone. Let me leave him alone. This is the dumbest thing I ever heard. People was falling for that too. Yeah, you you did it on purpose. That's what you do. No, dumbass. That's not Dana White. Dana White don't want no five round fights. No five five round boring decision fights. You crazy? No. That's not what he wants. He wants finishes. That decision fight has to be on the same level as Yuanium Jacek versus Jean Wei Lee, period. It needs to be on that same level, people. If it's not on that same level, Dana White is not interested. That's not that doesn't make money. That you cannot be Conor McGregor. You cannot make Conor McGregor money unless you finish put on the most exciting fights going. His fight with I mean, it wasn't all that. I mean, I don't know. His fight with Diaz, the rematch wasn't all that exciting to me, but hey, finish or get finished. That's Conor McGregor. Gotta give it up to him for that. Okay, is he a scumbag? Yes. But gotta give it up to him. Tefan Uchukwi, whew, caught a bad one, boy. That flying knee was, oof. Oh, my God. Chris Montanel, I got that one wrong. Got that wrong. So wrong. I mean, yikes. Yeah, uh, picked Osmont. Got that one right. Got the uh, Chris one wrong. Guido advancing to 9 and 7. The Cody Bondage fight actually got that one wrong. He was just a slight underdog uh, at 125 plus one. No, plus 105. But I think it, it was definitely higher than that because I think I won off of that one. Let's listen, change on underdog just in case. Sabina Mazel had picked her. She was my underdog pick. Got her wrong. Miranda Maverick showed why she was a minus 320 favorite. Improved to 12 and 4. Congrats to her. We have Camila Kirk. Uh, he fell to 12 and 5. 20 and 4. 24, 1 and 1 for Damon, the leader. Jackson, I'm mad because I didn't get to put my, put up my leader meme. It, it doesn't matter. Only Cyrus would have understood it anyway. Um, he was the favorite in that matchup there. Trevin Jones uh, lost. I had Javille Bat-Sharat. He was my minus 150. Went with the favorite in that matchup there. The favorite came through. Jillian Robertson, she was a favorite in her matchup over J.J. Uh, Aldridge. Got that one wrong. Uh, just J.J. has to figure out how to get her. I understand. It's Savage. Savage is no joke. She finished, like I said, in the previous episode, she finished her fight. She finishes fights. But um, J.J. still has to figure that out. It's not going to get any easier for her in that division. Uh, she's in a flyweight. It's not going to get any easier. I know a lot of people don't have a high regard for women's flyweight, but like, I don't know where Tatiana Suarez is. Is she still there? Is she gone? I don't know. But you got to figure out a way. You know, like, J.J., that's who she would have to run into. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to, if she's still there. Like, you can't um, 
not know how to pull a trigger. I know uh, Jillian is a she's not just a jujitsu black belt. Like she is, she has most finishes in that division in, uh, when it comes to submissions. Uh, you gotta still get it together. You know, what I mean, it's not gonna get any easier. Like the champ is basically a grappler at this point. You know, Andrade can easily move up to flyweight with no issues. Um, Jennifer Maya, you got to get around her grappling. She's going to clinch the hell out of her opponents and, and get them to. You can't be gun shy when it comes to facing off against a grappler, even a dangerous one. So she has to figure that out. Um, not a good fight, not a good performance for either one. Jillian Robinson with that fight, I was like, well, how many significant strikes did she even throw? I looked at the numbers and I, I just was like, no, nah, this, this cannot be right. Because, like, she didn't throw any significant strikes at all. Especially in the first two rounds. I said, what is going on here? She's going to get outpointed in a terrible fight. This is, uh, anyway. Jillian has to get her striking together. She has to get, I don't know who she's going to go to. Those coaches are doing her wrong. Okay, then Thomas, great for her jiu-jitsu clothes, but that is it. I see what, I hear what he says when he's commentating. It seems okay, but he, it's not translating to his student. It's not. Well, when he, t- he talks about striking all the time, it's not translating well through his student at all. Either she's not grasping or he's not teaching properly, but he's, an, as far as I know, he's just jujitsu, not her head coach, but he, he shouldn't even be out there. She's a black belt now. Why does she, there's no one who she can't really match on the ground in that division. I think like what Val would get her down and probably smother her only because Val is strong as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a former Bantamweight who banged with, Nunes, like this, she's just strong. Andrade, same thing. She'd probably get Jillian on the ground and smother her. But that's because they're strong as hell. It, she doesn't need anything else as far as jiu-jitsu goes. Okay, she has to get her entries together as far as her wrestling. She has to, but she has to get her strike together. Because this is ridiculous. Because she, if she doesn't get it together, she'll get outpointed by damn near everyone in that division. Simply for them just jabbing her to death, jabbing and kicking her. Yeah, death is, is ridiculous. Matthew smells, smells burger. I did not see that fight. I picked him, but I did not see that fight going the way that it did. I mean, AJ Fletcher, listen, man, that dude should not, you know, it's, it's not just a one loss. He should not hold his head down at all. I did not see that coming. To me, that was a decent performance from that young man against a very tough opponent. As I said, Alex Pieta, he looked uh, tired by the end of that fight if you can't get past Bruno Silva because my point about Bruno Silva isn't that he's a bomb it's if you can't get past him how in the world he's a good fighter so how are you going to get experienced fighter 12 he's, he falls to 22 and 7 but still that's over 30 fights of experience it's not going to the experience level is pretty much the same in that middleweight division he's not going to get past anybody in that division bury it Okay, you can't just be a kickboxer. Valentina Shevchenko didn't go, come into the UFC as just a kickboxer. However, she has actually more experience than both of them. Sorry, she does. Get mad. Punch a wall. I don't care. Drew Dober, who I know she went up against. No offense. Anyway, Drew Dober. Man, came. What a comeback for Drew Dober. Got my underdog. I, I was almost close. I was close. Terrence McKinney almost did it. His mother underdog pick. Terrence almost did it. Got that one wrong. Almost. Almost. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, I had didn't know I had picked Khalil. I'm looking at my notes. I didn't know I had picked Khalil Roundtree. Really? I thought I picked Carl. I don't know. I don't know. I apologize for that. According to my notes, I picked Khalil Roundtree, not Carl Robinson, but I'm not going to pat myself on the back for that one. Uh, Sadiq Youssef picked him over Alex Caceres. Good fight there. Knew it would be a tough one for him. Alex is no joke. 
uh, Marlon Moraes. People are trashing Marlon Moraes, man. Listen, listen, listen. 23 and 10 isn't good, though. You know, he has to figure it out. He does have to figure it out. But people are talking about this kid like he's a bomb. He is not a bomb, people. What, what is this? Oh, oh, well, not that he's a bomb. They, they're talking like he's washed. His chin is gone. A four-fight losing streak isn't good. And he's one and five, which is pretty bad. I'll uh, probably get cut. It's, I know it's a shame. It's a shame. I don't know. I don't know. You know, UFC really doesn't kick, kick out uh, ranked fighters like that unless they're inactive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's the problem is like he's not. See, see, this dude, I mean, he went up against the most dangerous Cody, Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font. I don't care what anybody says about Corey Sanhagen. He's an excellent fighter. Rob Font. Marab Devashili is someone who, man, I put him, you talk about wrestling, I always put him on a pedestal when it comes to wrestling. I think he's better than AJ, his teammate. And Yong Dong Song, or Song Yo Dong as he's known, that dude is no, and the thing is, it's not his team. To me, it's not his team. It's him. He is just no joke. I don't, to me, it wouldn't matter what gym he was at. He would still be just no joke. Yeah, I just, when he go up, he say he lost to Killers, which is still bad. And then, of course, the Henry Cejudo fight. I mean, yes, he's going up against so many. I mean, look at who he's faced. I just, I can't call it like the Tessia Torres thing. I can't call someone a bum or washed. Or washed. When they only lost to the best. Um, so I don't, I don't know what adjustments he can make because he can, I think with him, Again, there is a level to striking. There are levels to striking. All these MMA fighters and fans can't see it because they really don't follow striking that well. But there are levels to it. And I think that Moraes still has a lot of levels to go with the striking. He may not seem like it because he seems like he's elite going up against elite, but it's still levels to it. Maybe that's the area that he has to work on. Um, but it's hard because he only goes up against the best. And either they're already an elite striker or they're already an elite grappler. And sadly, they're way past whatever point he could probably get to. Like, he's not going to match Marab in wrestling. Hell, I don't even see him matching uh, AJ again in a rematch. I, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. Some of these fighters, I don't know what to tell them. You know, I don't know who to go to, what to tell them, because, you know, it's hard to plan again against these excellent strikers. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, check me out on Instagram. That's MMA.by.Milliken. Check me out on Twitter. If you do have Blogspot, you can check me out there. And check out The Leg Show. L-E-G-S-S-H-O-W. Check out The Leg Show on Instagram and Twitter. This leg show on Instagram. You gotta check it out. Beautiful women daily, fighters daily, athletes, you name it, daily. You gotta check me out there. Hope everybody stays safe, stay strong, and stay positive. <laughs>